From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, automating capsulotomy without femto. Eight out of eight times, the PPC uh, was stronger than the manual CCC. First this. If time and money were no object, you'd probably go to a lot of meetings. Not just ASCRS, but ESCRS, APACRS, AAO, Hawaiian Eye, and Winter Update, and you'd learn a ton. But money is an issue, and time an even bigger one. That's why I go to all of those meetings for you. Speak with the presenters you'd like best, and get them to distill their talks down to just a few minutes. You can see all of these interviews at no cost at the iWorld Replay website. Just go to ewreplay.org, E-W-R-E-P-L-A-Y.org, and enjoy. I do a really nice capsulotomy. I really do. It's nice and round. It's just the size I like with a requisite overlap of the optic edge. I've never felt the need to seek out an automated means to capsulotomy, and I've been skeptical about the strength of capsulotomies performed by automated means. That should be good enough, and for 2016 it probably is. But intraocular lenses have been developed which rely upon capsulorexis for fixation, and for these lenses, the capsulorexis needs to be far more repeatable in centration and in size than can be reliably obtained by manual means. When ophthalmologists think of automated capsulotomy, femtosecond laser immediately comes to mind. But there is a new technology on the horizon, and I'm delighted to have David Chang, one of its developers, describe it to us today. Obviously, capsulorexis is an integral part of cataract surgery. It's important in terms of the safety of the surgery, but it's especially important going forward because there are new lens designs that employ the the capsulotomy. So before we talk about uh, this new device to produce a, a nice round anterior capsulotomy, if, if I can just have you briefly go over why it is important that we have this consistently sized, consistently centered uh, capsulotomy going forward, particularly with these new lenses? Sure. Well, uh, I think the reason we all say it's the most important step is, uh, of cataract surgery is that intraoperatively, you know, the continuous pervilinear CCC uh, kind of stretches without tearing. So it, it renders greater safety uh, to the capsular bag. Uh, we really all first went to this uh, starting around 1990 because it was the only way you could really trap the haptics. Uh, at that time, we were using three-piece uh, ILLs, the haptics uh, entirely in the bag. And then we quickly learned that uh, if it overlaps the optic, you get a shrink wrap effect, so it reduces PCO. Uh, you also get better centration for the lens. And then uh, if you really have uh, consistent overlap, uh, that is one less variable that can alter your effective lens position. So we think there's a, a refractive benefit uh, as well. So uh, the, you know, the idea that we could automate this, so it was always the same size, it was perfectly round, 
uh, is tremendously appealing and, and uh, is certainly uh, behind a lot of the interest in the femtosecond laser capsulotomy. Now, one of the, the criticisms of the femtosecond laser capsulotomy, um, which looks absolutely beautiful, I mean, it's this nice, perfectly round thing, is that when you view it under EM, uh, that it doesn't look smooth. It doesn't look like a regular capsulotomy. It looks like a very, very finely perforated postage stamp. Has this um, sort of discontinuous, continuous capsulotomy um, proved to, to be less resilient with stress than a regular torn capsulotomy is? Um, well, I think uh, from the outset, it was obvious that, you know, some of the, uh, on our wish list for Femdo was, gee, we wish it was less expensive. We wish we didn't, uh, we could do it the normal uh, sequence of our surgery. We wish we could just do it through a large pupil after we put in pupil expansion devices. And we wish it made us more efficient rather than slowing us down. But I think we were uh, uh, all surprised, no one really expected that uh, it might actually be weaker. And I think, uh, you know, in the January 2014 issue of Ophthalmology, the Australian group published their extensive experience where they had a much higher late anterior capsule tear rate after the completed uh, capsulotomy. Uh, and when you compared it to their manual uh, sort of case-matched uh, cohort, it was a dramatic uh, difference. And the insight that they provided uh, using three different Femto platforms was to show that uh, not only was the edge sort of a little jagged when looked under scanning uh, EM, but there were all these sort of misplaced shots. And when you consider that kind of like a machine gun, uh, like in the cartoons, when you uh, machine gun a hole in a piece of paper or a wall, um, it's this postage stamp that you alluded to punctures, but there were also these aberrant uh, punctures, uh, conceivably or presumably due to microsychotic movements of the eye um, during the procedure. And so if you could imagine some of these being adjacent to the edge, uh, it might preferentially weaken that region if there's too much uh, instrumentation or forceful maneuvers against the edge to cause it to tear. So uh, in that same month in JCRS, uh, John Chang's group in Hong Kong similarly reported um, a higher rate of anterior capsule uh, tears. So I think this has sort of um, uh, sharpened our focus on not just how round is it, but how strong is it. Now, David, uh, you've been uh, working with an, with an instrument and have published results from uh, a, a different sort of an automated device that produces a, a capsulotomy that is different in character. Can you tell me what precision pulse capsulotomy is, PPC? Sure, sure. It's kind of an interesting story because a number of years ago, uh, a, uh, a molecular biologist, uh, actually is in basic science in, in our department in retina, uh, and an engineer, they uh, sort of sought my opinion about kind of areas where we needed to innovate in, in cataract surgery. And this was uh, a long time ago, I said, of course, the capsulotomy, because it's the only step of the procedure that we still do low tech by hand, and yet it's the most important and so um, 
about four or five years ago, they showed me the prototype of what they developed, uh, which we now call PPC, Precision Pulse Capsulotomy. And it consists of a disposable handpiece and tip uh, that uh, pretty much is a capsulotomy instrument that's used in the normal sequence. Uh, it's attached to just a tiny power source that isn't very fancy or expensive. And the uh, working element is a, a shaped memory alloy called nitinol. And uh, you size it to exactly the size you want to create, in this case, a 5-millimeter diameter capsulotomy uh, every time. Now, the neat thing about nitinol is really that you can deform it, so it can sort of narrow, elongate, go through a clear corneal incision, and then once inside the anterior chamber, it rebounds to its native shape, uh, you know, and back to the, that exact size. Uh, the innovative uh, mechanism that came up with is to surround it by a thin, transparent silicone uh, shell uh, through which you can generate a little bit of tiny suction. So the surgeon uh, in the viscoelastic field AC then opposes the ring to the anterior capsule, and then you apply this minute amount of suction. It's just enough to ensure uniform contact uh, between the anterior capsule and the bottom edge of the ring. The bottom edge is very thin. It's sort of uh, engineered on a nanotechnology level, and then... You supply, you activate a very uh, brief micro train of electrical impulses. Uh, they're, the, they, they're so brief, but the entire sequence is about four milliseconds. And what it does is it basically vaporizes water molecules in between the capsule and the opposed ring so that you get an instantaneous 360 degree um, skesis. It just cleaves that capsule all at once. Uh, so it's not like the Femto where it sort of spirals around. It's just uh, instantaneous. And uh, so it's that quick. Uh, and, uh, of course, you can do it through a smaller pupil. You can do it after you put in uh, iris retractors or pupil expansion rings. Uh, and uh, it's it's fast and uh, creates a consistently round uh capsulotomy of the exact diameter you're you're wanting. Now, David, in this month's ophthalmology, in the, the Blue Journal, uh, you published results of a human cadaveric study and rabbit eye study comparing um, uh, precision pulse capsulotomy to continuous curvilinear capsulorexis. Can I get you to sort of talk me through that study? Yeah, exactly. There were uh, sort of two companion papers, uh, and uh, the first was to look in uh, rabbit eyes. This was done by Nick Mamelis and Liliana Werner at Utah, and uh, showed that uh, it works uh, in terms of safety parameters, endothelial cell loss, post-mortem, uh, post-op inflammation at the slit lamp, uh, the, uh, and also using thermocouple measurements. There was no heating or temperaturized in the anterior chamber, it went very well. Uh, then uh, we did some cadaver studies uh, using a video camera through a Miyake Apple view that showed no uh, excessive tension on the zonules, either from the suction or the application of the energy. And then some studies done by Vance Thompson's group uh, and myself 
uh, we used paired human cadaverized to compare the strength, the um, uh, tear resistance of the capsulotomy uh, made by different methods. And the key part of this was we used paired cadaver eyes. So because there's different tear strength between different individuals, um, you want to make sure you have uh, fellow eyes. So doing this, uh, we were able to show uh, that eight out of eight times the PPC uh, was stronger than the manual CCC. Eight out of eight times it was stronger than the femto capsulotomy. Uh, so uh, it was uh, very consistent and, and very um, <clears throat> uh, obvious. Uh, interestingly, when you compared femto to manual CCC, there was really no uh, significant difference. Uh, and of course, uh, this is in a cadaver eye, so it would not uh, have uh, resulted in sort of these aberrant shots that we've seen in the SCM of uh, uh, human uh, you know, capsule uh, buttons. Now, David, how far is this instrument from uh, um, be- being able to be used Clinically, where where are we in 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 sort of clinical trials? So uh, it's uh, gotten CE mark approval in Europe, and uh, right now uh, there's some discussions uh, with the FDA to uh, clarify what the pathway is prior to embarking on the first uh, human clinical trials. Uh, and so hopefully, uh, being that uh, you know this is really an instrument, it's not a device or an implant. Hopefully, uh, it won't be too long before uh, we have good clinical data, and uh, hopefully we can navigate the regulatory pathway uh, for this. So naturally, the question, um, Josh, is why would this possibly be stronger than a manual or a femto uh, capsulotomy? And uh, by doing a scanning EM uh, on these human cadaver eyes, it's kind of interesting that the uh, in the process of making the capsulotomy, the edge tends to curl up microscopically ever so much. I mean, we're talking 20 microns of uh, upturning. Um, so you really need scanning EM to see that. But if you think about it, it's sort of like cup, uh, you know, uh, taking uh, some fabric and making a little cuff out of it so that the edge that you're stretching uh, is actually the folded edge of the capsule. So rather than a, a freely cut edge, uh, it's sort of slightly everted, and we think that's why it is, in fact, uh, significantly stronger. Well, it's neat stuff, David. I mean, certainly, I, 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 I be, I look forward very much to seeing this and, you know, trying it out. Um, yeah. David, I uh, want to thank you very much for 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 your time. Thanks, Josh. David Chang is clinical professor of ophthalmology at the University of California, San Francisco, in San Francisco, California. His paper, Precision Pulse Capsulotomy, Preclinical Safety and Performance of a New Capsulotomy Technology, appears in the February 2016 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Chang or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iworld.org. 
As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.